you guys should sit down, relax for a little bit. I've had a busy day. I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting ready for Christmas. My name's Clark, by the way. Been uh, setting up some lights outside, one of my favorite things to do. One of my favorite, favorite things to do is get ready for Christmas. Get excited about Christmas. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I don't know about you guys, but I, this has been great. I got to hear the story of baby Jesus told by our kids. Got to sing some songs, eat some cookies, have a little hot chocolate. It's kind of my favorite thing in the world to do. Celebrate Christmas with my family. I love to celebrate Christmas. But then this weird thing happened last year. Last year, my wife Ellen here, she got me a Bible. And she, I don't know why, I don't know if she stole it from like, you know, a hotel desk drawer or something or what, but she gave it to me for Christmas. And I picked it up and I was like, I should start reading this thing. And you know what's funny? The only thing that I knew, the only passage of scripture I knew is I was watching a football game and Tim Tebow would put John 3.16 on his eye black. And so I was like, I should turn there and read that. And so I was like, I'll read John 3.16, and here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay. I'm like, that's interesting. And then I realized there was more than just one verse, so I kept reading. And I was like, here's what the next verse said. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You mean God's not mad at me? I really liked that part. God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And I was like, you know, I'd never heard anybody tell me that God wasn't mad at me. I thought that was interesting, so I kept reading. It says, whoever believes in him, it's not, he's not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. I love that part. God's not mad at me, and all I had to do was believe. You know, it's funny. I always believed that Christmas was special, and I loved singing all the Christmas carols. We used to take the kids up and get a tree, and we'd sing Christmas carols the whole way there. And we'd sing about baby Jesus, but I just didn't know what was going on. And so we'd sing, and I'd go, okay. But it says if I believe, Christmas might be more special than what I ever thought it might be. Christmas might actually be better than anything I ever thought it could be. And so, like any, you know, good person reading the Bible for the first time, I just kept reading. Here's what it says. This is the judgment. Light is come into the world, but people love darkness more than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Some people don't like the light. Some people love darkness instead of the light. And I was sitting there, and I'm reading this and reading this and reading this. I'm trying to understand it. And you know what was funny? It reminded me of a Christmas that I had a few years ago. There was a few Christmases ago. I mean, I like to do Christmas big anyway, but that year, I was like, Christmas is going to be the biggest that it can be. We're going to invite grandparents and aunts and uncles, and we're going to have a big party, a big tree. We're going to do all kinds of things. And I got this crazy idea that I was going to cover my house with lights. 
I can remember it like it was yesterday. Huh. What was it like when I started all those lights on my house? Just ought to do it. What a Christmas that was. Record-setting power outages all over Chicago that year. It was a lot of fun. We celebrated. It was amazing. But I learned something that Christmas that I didn't know before. I learned that, you know what, not everybody likes lights. My neighbors were none too happy that I lit up their world with those Christmas lights. Did you know that? That not everyone likes the light. And as I kept reading the book of John last year, I kept hearing things like that. Listen to this. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own people didn't receive him. Think about this, friends. Jesus didn't just want to put up lights like I did and illuminate the whole town. Jesus himself actually was the light. He actually was the light. And there were people that didn't like that he shone so brightly. You know what? What I realized as I read this is that Jesus was just like me. Jesus wanted everybody to have a great Christmas. Jesus wanted everybody to celebrate his light. He wanted everybody to see what he was doing. He wanted it to shine brightly to the entire world. Jesus wanted everybody to be a part of his big family Christmas, just like I did. That was his number one goal. He wanted a big family, and he shone his light for all the world to see. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he had a right to become children of God. 
He gave everyone the right to join in his family system. He gave everyone the right to have his light shine on them. I think Christmas should be super special. And I've always thought the things that made it special were songs and carols and trees and Christmas lights. But you know what makes Christmas special? is believing in the light of Jesus. That's what I've learned. Now, when I was in high school, I went on a trip down to Missouri. And in Missouri, they have all kinds of caverns that you can go explore. And there was a group of about 30 or 40 teenagers. And we all went down there, and we were exploring the caves. And they were guiding us around with flashlights and doing all that kind of thing. And seeing Merrimack Caverns and, like, enjoying the whole thing. And they brought us then, at the end of the tour, into this really big open room. In this really big open room, it's probably as big, it's hard to tell because, you know, it was so dark in there, but it was at least as big as this room, maybe twice this size. And they brought us all into the middle of that room, and they sat us down in a circle. And the leaders, the guides stood in the middle, and they sat us down in a circle, and they had us just sit there and be quiet for a minute. And then they shut off all the flashlights. They shut off all the flashlights. They turned everything off. And got it as dark as they could. And I got to tell you, as dark as it is in here right now, it wasn't anywhere near as dark as it was then. When we were sitting in that cave, I could wave my hand in front of my face like John Cena, right? And I couldn't even see my hand. I couldn't even see my hand in front of my face. It was so dark. It was so eerie and weird. You could almost feel the darkness come on you in that moment. And then... He did this crazy thing, the leader of the tour, and he pulled out a match. I still don't know how he saw it. He pulled out the match, and he, and he lit it, you know? And in that room where we felt the darkness on our faces, all of a sudden, there was just a little bit of light. And that little bit of light was enough for us to begin to see shapes and see other things. And it got a little bit brighter in the room. I could see again. And I thought about that. And I thought, you know what? That was awful. It was probably a minute or two that we sat there in the darkness, but that was the most horrible thing for me to experience, to feel that darkness. And I can't imagine living in darkness. I can't imagine living without the light. And I can't imagine having Christmas without light. I can't imagine having Christmas without lights and candles and the festivities. I can't imagine a world without the light. And then as I read my Bible, I read these words. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. They have the light of life. You know, we don't have to walk in darkness. We don't have to walk without the light. We don't have to walk without it. And I, I can't imagine living a life where we are always in darkness. And what I realized about Jesus when I read this verse is that Jesus loves us terribly. And he wants to shine brightly at Christmas for you. He wants your whole Christmas to be full of joy, not full of depression. He wants your whole Christmas to be full of life and not death. He wants your whole Christmas to be full of love, not pain. He wants your whole Christmas to be full, so full, so full of him that you live differently when you experience his light. His light is so powerful, it changes everything. 
that we no longer have to walk in darkness, but we can actually walk in the light of his life. His life in us and moving through us. So really, when we come to Christmas, we all have one decision to make. We all have one decision to make when we come to the Christmas story, the story of God coming to his people and living amongst them and dwelling amongst them, coming as a baby. We all have one question that we need to answer. Do you want to enter this Christmas like Margot and Todd? Hating the light? Rejecting the light? When the light shines on you, it feels icky and weird and you don't like it and you think everybody's crazy? Do you want to have your Christmas full of darkness? Or do you want to have your Christmas full of light? Do you want to be like Margot and Todd or do you want to be like Clark? Do you want to be like Clark? Who, who wants to, to create an atmosphere where the whole family is welcome. Who wants to create an atmosphere where everything is about light. Where everything is about us celebrating the reason for the season in Jesus. How do you want to go about your Christmas this year? How do you want to enter into your Christmas season this year? Is Christmas going to be something that you run towards or you run away from? Is the light of the world going to be something that you embrace or something that you reject? I want to talk to you as Adam for just a minute here. And let you know that, guys, we all get to make this decision. On, on a daily basis, we get to make the decision of, will we give God our best and follow his light? Or will we say no to his light? And I think Christmas is an amazing time to make that decision. The decision to follow Jesus, to accept his light into our lives. In fact, here's the thing. God's not mad at you. Just like that passage of scripture said, God's not mad at you. In fact, just the opposite. It says, peace on earth, goodwill towards all men. That is God's heart for you, is his goodwill. And all you have to do is say yes. It seems too good to be true. But all you have to do is say yes. So I want to invite you to do something. I invite everybody in the room to, to bow their heads and close their eyes for a minute. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. And I want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you are the light of the world. I thank you that you cared so much. Cared so much that you left your throne in glory to come and be with us. I thank you, God, that you are the light of the world. I thank you that we can believe in that light and live without condemnation and discouragement and frustrations and pains in our life. We can live in freedom with you. And God, I pray that in this moment that some of us in this room would say yes to that truth. We'd say no to being rejectors of the light. We'd say yes to being acceptors of your light of the world. God, I pray that, that some people in this room would say yes to believing in the story of your birth. They'd say yes to believing in the story of your life. They'd say yes to believing in the story of your death, your burial, and your resurrection on the cross. They'd say yes to you, Jesus, because you have said yes to us over and over and over again throughout history. Keeping your heads bowed for just a minute, if any of you would like to say yes to Jesus tonight, 
either for the first time or you haven't said in a really long time. Maybe you did it as a kid and you're like, I just need to come back to that. Would you throw up a hand? Nobody else is looking but me right now. Would you throw a hand up and just say yes to Jesus tonight? Say yes to the light. Say no to rejecting the light and say yes to the light of life. Keep your hand up a little bit longer. I would love for uh, a couple of friends of mine to bring you a card for you to fill out. There's one there. There's one there. Thank you for your hand. If you want to say yes to the light of Jesus. For the rest of us, let's close in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you are the light of the world. Thank you that you are a glorious, glorious Father. Thank you for new life and new birth in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. Corey's going to give you instructions of how we're going to close tonight. If you filled out one of those cards or you just received one of those cards from one of our team members, um, would you uh, give that to me after the service? I'll be by the back door. and I'd love to talk to you and answer any questions that you might have. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you.